Hello, hello. This is Series 7 of Satisfied. The Series 7 podcast enhanced the Radical Acts Bible study of the book of Acts in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at how you can release your expectations of acceptable outcomes and still have joy. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 9 of Radical Acts Bible Study, and we will look at how following Christ on adventure will certainly test our loyalty. I'm pretty confident that most of you belong to some kind of loyalty group or program, right? If you're like me, you join the ones that have the best perks or the best products, maybe the most convenient. But how loyal are you really to that company or product? Loyalty is defined as the quality of devotion or attachment to somebody or something. It's both a feeling and an action. Some of us by nature tend to be loyal. Others are more skeptical, maybe preferring to be mavericks out on our own. Loyalty is tested every day in homes and businesses and human relationships across this planet. Who demands your loyalty? Who has the right to it? Do they receive it from you? How good are you at remaining loyal? Loyalty affects how you approach life, God's way or the world's way. We can't know all that's ahead for us, but we can choose to declare, Jesus, I am your woman. By that I'm saying, Jesus, you are my master. I choose to be loyal to you today and every day. I didn't understand what that meant when I was a young Christian, but my eyes had been open to a life that was different than before. So I made a life choice to seek God's truth and to discern it from all the junk the world throws at me. I wanted to know Jesus first. Everything else needed to match up to Jesus's truth or I wanted none of it. I don't want any other way of approaching life to sneak in and get in the way of my loyalty to Jesus. But it's been many years of every day making the choice between two options. Do I really want to be Jesus's woman completely? Or do I prefer to be part Jesus's woman and the rest my own? You have those same two options. Paul's final words to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 reveal what it's like to be loyal to Jesus. On his way to Jerusalem, he felt compelled to meet with them to say goodbye, but also to remind them of how he modeled serving Jesus for them and to warn them about what would surely happen to distract them from their loyalty to Jesus alone in how they approach life. In our study of Acts, I've learned four truths about loyalty to Jesus on our walk of faith. Truth number one, Jesus as Lord deserves our loyalty. He deserves your loyalty. In Acts chapter 20, verses 19 through 24, Paul referred to Jesus as Lord three times. Remember that the reference to Lord in the New Testament is to Jesus. The Greek word means master. Lord Jesus means master Jesus. In his words, Paul declared that Jesus as his Lord deserved his loyalty. Considering what Jesus did for us, Jesus as Lord deserves our loyalty. Why is that? 
The moment you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you get a new life fused together with His and a new identity. You are now said to be in Christ, a child of God, one of God's saints, totally accepted and loved by Him. You can never lose this new identity. You are set free to live a radically different kind of life. And in that freedom, you have a choice. Who are you going to serve with your life now? God or yourself? That choice was ever before Paul as well. In his life and his words, he communicated to Jesus, I am your man forever. Years ago, I made that choice too. When I said to Jesus, I am your woman forever. I serve you. But how do we do that with all the distractions around us? By that, I don't mean our families or jobs. Serving them well is serving Jesus loyally. I mean all the other ways of approaching life. Think about some of those, leaning on astrology or psychics, gaining power through money, self-promotion and self-will, the right to pleasure yourself, claiming no absolute truth so you choose what works for you, and of course, our American rights of equality. All of those voices are calling out to us in this culture. How do we remain loyal to Jesus as our master and his way of approaching life? In Acts chapter 20, Paul described what he did to remain loyal to Jesus. In this speech from Paul's heart, he starts off with saying that he served the Lord with all humility and he did not consider his life worth anything to himself but only to his Lord. If truth number one is Jesus Christ deserves your loyalty, truth number two is this, loyalty requires humility. That word humility has intrigued me for some time now. I know it's the opposite of pride, but what does it really mean? In the New Testament, humility refers to how you think of yourself. It pictures a servant bowing before her master. The Greeks did not desire or reward humility, so it was a rare word in that culture. The New Testament writers took that word humility and elevated it because it is so totally associated with Jesus and being with him. Jesus' invitation to us in Matthew chapter 11 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. I love that. Jesus put two words together here to describe himself, gentle and humble. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul put those same two words together to describe how we are to live. Listen to him. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. I see a key to understanding humility in that word gentle. Gentleness in the Bible carries the idea of strength under control. Jesus had the infinite resources of God at his command, yet chose not to use them at times to his advantage. When you hold a newborn baby, you have the strength to crush that child but you choose not to do so. Your strength is under control. 
You could verbally slash someone to pieces whenever you get angry, but you choose not to do so. That's strength under control. Biblical gentleness, that strength under control, is a work of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. It's the outworking of humility. Humility is a decision you make in your mind. You choose humility before God by recognizing His authority over you. You know that you've made that decision when you are willing to trust in God's goodness and accept His dealings with you as good without fighting Him on it. Then that choice is reflected in your gentle behavior towards others. Humility is the opposite of self-assertiveness and self-interest. A poor me attitude is occupied with self. I'm a victim. I'm worthless. It's God's fault I'm like this. Humility is not occupied with self at all. Humility is not renouncing that you can do some things well. It is recognizing that you do those things well because God gave you the genetics, the intelligence, and the opportunity to do so, and you give Him the credit for it. In order to serve Jesus Christ loyally, we must do it with humility, declaring, I am your woman, Lord Jesus. How may I serve you today? Loyalty requires humility. Humility leads to obedience. That's truth number three. What good is a servant who refuses to obey? Or who is out there trumpeting herself and her own will and occasionally remembering to do what Jesus wants? I heard Bible teacher Chip Ingram say this about obedience. God would rather I have understanding of two verses that I obey immediately than 20 verses that I don't. Obedience is the key to discernment. It's not capture and remember. It's hear and obey. What do you think about that? Do you agree? I've often wondered what would happen in our small groups if we studied the same passage over and over until we all got it and applied it, then moved on. We can have this desire for knowledge about the Bible, and that's a good thing. But it's obedience to God's will for us revealed in His Word that grows us to maturity. And we can know God's will on a great many things. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says God's will is that we live a life worthy of our calling. <laughs> and He clearly shows us what it looks like in chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians, plus many other places. Ephesians 4 verse 2 tells us to start doing this with all humility and gentleness. Humility before God means I've already settled that in my mind. Now I can obey Him in the rest of what He desires for my life to please Him. What are some hindrances to our obedience? One hindrance to obedience is a lack of understanding of God's commands. A friend shared with me how her husband used to think all God's commands to us were so He could keep us under His thumb. Then He became a father. He has come to realize those biblical commands and guidelines are boundaries for us to be able to enjoy a satisfying and abundant life. Boundaries set for His children are for their protection and good. He now understands God's boundaries better. Another hindrance is selectively choosing what we will obey. 
That leads us to being what the Bible describes as weak-willed women, always learning but never able to recognize truth for what it really is. That's 2 Timothy 3, verse 6. I see weak-willed as meaning undisciplined. Like a child's behavior, especially one who wants everything, even stuff that the parent says is not good, and so refuses to trust the parent and obey, they are really weak-willed to do the right thing. For women, this would be choosing to take your own way for approaching life in spite of instruction or warnings that it will be destructive. What's missing here? Humility. It's like declaring, I'm part Jesus' woman because I'm saved and going to heaven when I die, but the rest of me is my own. Not getting the ugliness of our sin also hinders obedience. What happened to Jesus before and during his crucifixion is a picture of the ugliness of sin that he took upon himself on that cross. Has anything in recent headlines just made you sick? Anytime you choose not to obey God's word on some issue, lying, envy, complaining, immorality, it's as ugly in God's sight as that heinous crime. Do you believe your lack of respect for your spouse, if you're married, is as ugly as that worst thing? Or your cruel words when angry? Or your constant worry? Or living with a man who's not your husband? Maybe they don't have the same consequences, but they're just as ugly. Obedience is necessary to remain loyal to Jesus and not get carried away by sin and all those other ways of approaching life. Humility is the decision you've already made in your mind that you are not God, that Jesus is your master, and you serve him by obedience to him. To be loyal to Jesus as our master, our lives must be characterized by humility and obedience. The rewards of being loyal to Jesus are immense and incomparable to anything the world can offer you. One of those rewards is protection. That leads to truth number four. Obedience offers protection. What do I mean by that? We have an example from Paul's final words to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Obedience is necessary to protect yourself from those who distort the truth and draw you away from Jesus and his way of approaching life. Paul warned his friends about what would surely happen to distract them from their loyalty to Jesus alone in how to approach life. Let me say this though, even the best teachers are not infallible. Most are 80 to 90% right in what they teach and would love to know where they are wrong so they can change it. That includes me. Always check what you hear with what the Word of God says. But honest teachers who are sometimes wrong are not what Paul is talking about here. Visualize what Paul is saying. Savage wolves will attack from outside, 
or from within the flock itself dressed in sheep's clothing. When you have humbled yourself before Jesus as your master and chosen to obey his commands revealed to you in the Bible, you will be able to recognize truth from error, from anything that is distorted. But when you resist the discipline that comes from obedience, you are vulnerable to embracing whatever new heresy comes along as a fad, and you cannot recognize the truth when you see it. Distorted truth takes many forms and requires a lot more time to explore than what we have here. My series three podcasts cover common examples of distorted truth in our culture. Beware of anything that promotes disobedience to God's commands and robs you from the joy and benefits of loyalty to Jesus. Loyalty affects how you approach life. Jesus's way are all those other options out there that offer nothing lasting. Jesus as Lord deserves our loyalty. Loyalty requires humility. Humility leads to obedience, and obedience offers protection from being sucked into every new fad that comes along. Loyalty to Jesus is an essential part of the adventure with Him. Transforming power fills our hearts with more and more love for Jesus so that we want to stay loyal to Him because we know there is no one or nothing out there that can satisfy our hearts like He does. Have you already made that decision to say, Lord Jesus, I am your woman every day? If not, will you do that today? Let Jesus satisfy your heart with his Spirit's transforming power and say yes to a life of adventure with him. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 7 of Satisfied.